Today's scripture reading comes from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through chapter 2, verse 3. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work and he had done that he had done in creation. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Let's uh, pause for a moment and pray again. Father, your word is true, and your word brings life, and we pray that it would bring life and light to us today. In Christ's name, amen. What does it mean to be human? It's a weird question, right? What is, what is a human being? If, uh, if you were to answer that question in, in terms of chemical composition, you would say that a human being is 65% oxygen, 19% carbon, 10% hydrogen, and 3% nitrogen, with a few other chemicals added in there. That's what a human is. Uh, now, we all know, even if that's accurate, that doesn't answer the question, right? I mean, think, think, of, think of somebody that you love. He or she is more than just chemicals, right? Uh, certainly, we are worth more than that. So what are we worth? According to the internet, Jerry Seinfeld is worth $870 million. Oprah Winfrey is worth $3 billion. Mike Bloomberg is worth $50 billion. And Bill Gates, he's worth $89 billion. What about a five-year-old girl in a refugee camp? What's her value? Is she worth less than those other people? Is she worth less? Uh, This summer, we are studying the opening chapters of the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. And today, we're looking at just the the portion of the account of the creation that talks about God's creation of human beings, God's, God's design for us, 
God's intention for, um, for humans when he made us. And what I'd like to do with the passage that we just heard is I just want to point out three, three things we learn from this passage about what God created humans to be. And the first thing I'll point out for you is this. God created us for dignity. He created us to have dignity. Verse 26 of chapter 1 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Human beings, the Bible teaches, human beings are created in the image of God. That's, that's an astonishing thing to say. If you were here last week, we read the, the whole six, the, the account of all the six days of creation. And, and uh, you, may, you may realize that that statement, being created in the image of God, that statement was not made about any other creature. The birds are not created in God's image. The fish are not created in God's image. The, the animals that run around the world, they're not created in the image of God. It's only, listen, in the Bible, it's only about you, the person sitting next to you, the people you've seen this week, it's only about us. Only humans are said to be created in the image of the Almighty. You might ask, well, what, what in the world does that mean? People have been asking that question for centuries. No one, no one is exactly sure. In fact, if you read... Um, if you read five books on this, you'll find five, six, seven different answers. I mean, there's just scholars are not, not in agreement over what does it mean that we're created in God's image. Some, some have suggested that this probably refers to the advanced intellectual capacity that humans have. No disrespect to your dog. Those of you who taught her to do tricks, you may probably have a very smart pet. But would you agree with me that, that humans as a species are just light years beyond any other animal in terms of intelligence. So some have said it has to do with our, our intellect. Others have thought, no, it has to do with our creativity. We're made by the creator. We are creative. And, and you see this, listen, anywhere you go in the world or looking back in time, any civilization, humans have always created things. They've designed buildings and invented things and, and, and they've written music and they've composed poetry. Just everywhere you go, humans are creating. So some have wondered, maybe that's what it means. Some, some have said, maybe being made in the image of God is talking about um, our, our capacity for communication. The, the linguistic, humans, humans have spoken language and you don't see that anywhere else in the created world. So is it our intellect? Is it our creativity? Is it our ability to speak? I, I think it might. Being created in God's image might contain elements of all of these, but I, I, don't think, I don't think any of them really gets at the heart of it. Here's why I say that. As you know, there are some individuals in this world who are less intelligent than others. Some, their intelligence is way below average. Some people are not very creative. I don't consider myself very creative. And so some people are not very good at speaking. They, um, they, they, they don't have communicative skills, all right? And yet, do you know this? Those people are still fully created in the image of God, just like anyone else. This came home to me, um, what, 20 years ago. My, my father-in-law very, very gifted man. He, was, he grew up poor. He was, un, he was uneducated, just completely self-trained, uh, fluent in two different languages. And when he was about my age, he had a severe 
massive stroke and immediately for the rest of his life lost his ability to speak. He lost all of his English. He had just a few words of Spanish. And, uh, and yet he still bore God's image. He was still the father and the grandfather that we loved. He was still, he was still a human being. So losing these, these abilities, losing these capacities doesn't erase this just inherent dignity that people have. So what does it mean that we're created in God's image? It's not merely our intellect. I, I, think, I think a hint to the answer to that question is found in, in uh, verse 28 through 30. If you were here last week, we went through all six days of, of, of creation in, in the creation account. And um, in the, the account of creation, we see God speaking a lot. God says, let there be light, and there's light. God says, let there be uh, dry land, and there's dry God is speaking continually. It, did you notice that in the, all the rest of creation, God is speaking about his creation? He's speaking into his creation. He's speaking over his creation. He never speaks to his creation, to his creatures, until he makes human beings. And you see that in verse 28. It says, God blessed them, and, he's, and God said, to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God spoke to them. Verse 29, and, and God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed. So when God created humans, he didn't just speak about them. He started speaking to them. And I think what this shows us is, is this is, I think, the heart and soul of what it means that you were created in the image of God. God, God has given a unique capacity to human beings to have a relationship, a personal relationship with the Creator. Guys, God can speak to us. We can speak to God. Your cat can't do that, right? But you you can. And I, I wonder if this is something that you've ever given much thought to. The, your purpose for being here, the reason God made you, you were created to enjoy a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. Listen, that's, that, is far more, that is far more important than anything else we could ever say about you, more important than how much money you earn, more important than how attractive you are, more important than how uh, successful you appear in the, to the eyes of others. Listen, um, the, the Westminster Shorter Catechism says the chief end of man, meaning the primary purpose of any human being, it says is this, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. You... You were given that kind of dignity. No, nothing else in all creation was given that, but you were created with this capacity to know God. I wonder if, um, wonder if you've ever, have you ever been kind of in a low moment in life and you, and you kind of just feel worthless, unlovable, not doing any good? I felt that way. Maybe some of you feel that way today. In, 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 case, in case that's the way you're feeling this morning, can I just tell you something? Listen to me. You were created by God. You are not an accident. You are not here by chance. You were created by the living God in His image, and He has given you dignity. And your purpose for being here is to know Him.
So, what do we learn about humans? God, first, God created us to have dignity, all right? Secondly, we learn that God created us to have equality. Um, if, you, uh, if you study um, the writings of different civilizations in the, in the ancient world, for example, they've studied the, the writings of ancient Mesopotamia, they've studied the hieroglyphics of, of ancient Egypt, and it's not uncommon in the ancient world to read that the kings, the rulers, bore the image of God. There's an inscription in, in, in ancient Mesopotamia. It says that the king bore the image of Bel. Bel was the name of their god. So in the ancient world, kings bore God's image. The Bible says it's not just for kings. This is not just talking about rulers. It, it, says, it says in verse 27, God created what? Man in his own image. Man meaning mankind, meaning all human beings equally Every person you've ever met, every person you will ever see, equally possesses the same inherent dig dignity. You will never, listen, you will never meet a human being that was not created in God's image, ever. And Proverbs 22, verse 2 says this, Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. So this is what you find in the Bible Radically different than the way they thought in the ancient world. Listen, radically different than the way we function in today's world. Here's what you find in the Bible. Rich people are not more important than poor people, right? Strong people are not more important than the weak and disabled. Citizens are not more important than foreigners or immigrants. Professionals are not more important than working class. And women are not less important than men. In the ancient world, when they, when they read verse 28, they would have stopped and scratched their head. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, that, that's, a, that's been a radical verse at all times. Today, today it's radical because it, it just tells us that um, gender is real. It's not just a social construct. It's not just a personal choice. It's part of the reality with which God has formed us as human beings. He's made us male and female. In the ancient world, it was even more radical because, as, as you know, in traditional cultures in ancient times, women were just, um, they weren't second-class citizens. They weren't even citizens. The great uh, philosopher Aristotle, he, he thought that women were not even of the same nature as men. He thought they were just ontologically inferior, inferior in every way. How, how different what the Bible teaches. It says, no, men, women, male, female, equally, equally important in the eyes of God. And so we, we find here this, this sense of equality, the, the, being created in God's image. This is for everyone. It's for high-born, low-born Native-born, foreign-born, the unborn, it's for, it's for everyone. And when that, when that, listen, when that grabs that concept of everyone created in the image of God, when that grabs hold of you, it just changes the way you see the world. For example, um, Martin Luther King said that this biblical concept of the image of God it, he, he called it the imago Dei, which is the Latin phrase for it. He said that concept is what drove him to give his life 
working for justice, civil rights. This is something that Martin Luther King wrote. He said, the founding fathers were really influenced by the Bible. The whole concept of the imago Dei, the image of God, is the idea that all people have something within them that God injected. Every person has a capacity to have fellowship with God, and this gives them uniqueness. There are no gradations in the image of God. Every person from a treble white to a bass black is significant on God's keyboard precisely because everyone is made in the image of God. He wrote, one day we will learn that. One day we will know that God made us to live together as brothers and to respect the dignity and worth of every person. This is why we must fight segregation. So it's this, it's this concept, really the biblical concept of God creating us in his image that has been the driving force behind the work for human rights in the history of the world. And to this day, this is the reason why you will find Christians dedicating their life to ending sex trafficking or, or Christians who give up everything to help refugees find new homes or Christians who give their time serving the poor, Christians who speak out against abortion. The reason you find Christians doing these things is not not because they're goody two-shoes, they're better than anyone. It's that they're gripped with this this biblical description of equality, that we we are all made in God's image. So here's a, a question to discuss over lunch today, if you run out of things to talk about, all right? Um, How would your week be different if you could somehow go through this coming week and be reminded every time you see anyone, he or she was created in the image of God. I think I might push a little bit less aggressively to get onto the subway. You know, maybe a little bit more respect, right? Just how would, how would, our, how would life change if we just said, everyone I see, I don't care where they're from, I don't care who they are, They are equally important to God. So, what does it mean to be human? God created us to have dignity. God created us to have equality. One one final thought. God God created us to have responsibility. Uh, Let me read again for you verse 28. It says, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, that verse there is a command that was given by God to human beings telling us that we are to care for the world that he created. When it says have, have dominion over the world, that doesn't mean go out and destroy the world, right? It also doesn't mean just leave the world untouched. God, God the commandment was for us to care for the world, to cultivate it, to, to develop it in, in really loving, thoughtful ways. And if we had time, you could have a whole sermon, a whole sermon right now talking about our responsibility to care for the world. We don't have time for that, all right? So um, the point I want to make to you, however, is that this was a command. It wasn't like a suggestion, like God said, eh, if you feel like it, be fruitful, multiply, take care of you. If you don't have anything else to do, just a thought. No, this is not a suggestion. This is a command from God. God says to the first human beings, he says, do this. And so that, kind of, that thought kind of rattled me this week. The very, listen, in the Bible, the very first words human ears ever heard were the words of God commanding them to do something. 
And we might say, well, who is this guy telling us what to do? Well, you know, I'll tell you who this guy is. He's the creator. He's the everlasting, eternal one. He is the creator. We are his creation, right? Uh, we, listen, we exist in God in a relationship in which he made us and we have a responsibility. You could even say an obligation to do what he says, a responsibility. We're created with this responsibility to obey him. Now, if, uh, I know it's a very basic thought, but if you don't, if you don't understand that concept, you have an obligation, we have an obligation to obey the Creator. If you don't understand that, you'll, you'll really never understand anything else in the Bible because the whole, the whole Bible is based on that premise, the whole unfolding of, of, of the history of, of redemption. See, according to the Bible, we are not autonomous beings. We don't exist on our own. We only ever exist as creatures who've been created by God. Therefore, God has the right to set limits. God has the right to establish boundaries for us. God, God has the right to tell us what is right and to define what is wrong. We can't just make up our own rules. And, and also, listen, God has the right to judge us, to judge every human being uh, based on our response to the commands he's given us. In fact, the Bible says he will judge every human being based on our response to the commands he's given us. Here are some words. The very end of Ecclesiastes, a book in the, in the Old Testament, says this. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all humankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. So scripture would say, listen, whether... <laughs> whether we read the Bible or not, whether we go to church or not, whether we even believe there's a God or not. He created you. He formed you. You have a responsibility to obey him. Now, would you agree with me? If that's true, we have a problem. Right? I mean, we have a problem. I'm sure you, you know that uh, human beings... We don't have a very good track record, do we, when it comes to obeying the Creator? Ecclesiastes 7 says God created humankind upright, but they've gone in the search of many schemes. We've, we've schemed against God. We've, we've invented ways to disobey Him. And, and here's the reality. This is not, listen, this is not just a collective problem for the human race in general, right? This is a personal problem for me, for you, God. God created us out of the, all creation. He created us and us alone with this dignity of being able to have a relationship with him, this responsibility of obeying him. And what have we done? We've turned our backs on him. We've rejected him. We've done things our own way. And here's what the Bible says. Because of that, we will be judged. Now, <laughs> that's not an easy thought, is it? Maybe you're not sure you're, you're, you're ready to embrace that thought, that uh, God has the right to judge us. I'll tell you this, though. If you do accept that thought and you do understand it, you will begin to understand 
why the gospel is such amazingly good news. What's the gospel? The gospel gospel is the message of what God has done for this world through his son Jesus. And, And one way to state the gospel is this. Instead of giving us the judgment that we deserve, right, in order to to spare us from from that judgment, the one who made us in his image, the one who made us in his likeness, he made himself in our likeness. I mean, that's that's what God did when he sent his son Jesus. Philippians 2 says, Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of the servant, and he... Eternal God says he was born in the likeness of man. So the one who made us in his likeness, when we turned our backs on him and we merited his judgment, the one who made us in his likeness, he made himself in our likeness so that he could come and listen, if you will, if you will trust in him so he could come and take the punishment you deserve. That word likeness appears again in in the book of Romans, chapter 8. I'll read these words for you. It's quite a mouthful. I don't think that we can unpack all of it, but it says this. By sending his own son in the likeness, there's that word again, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. There's a lot there, right? Basically what this says is that we rebelled against the one who made us in his likeness. And so he made himself in our likeness. And he came in the person of his son and he took the punishment deserved by anyone and everyone who will trust in him. And if we trust in him, God says, all the requirements of the law you've broken, it's been fulfilled. And we are restored to a relationship with him. So to close, just a question. Have you trusted the one who came to rescue you? You say, well, you know, I have a lot of problems in my life. I still do things wrong. I'm not asking you about that. Of course you do things wrong. We all do. But have you acknowledged that to God and just said, I, I, am, I am one of those people who have rebelled against you. I deserve your anger, but I believe this gospel message that you came in my likeness, in human flesh, to take my place and die for me. If, if you've trusted him, it, listen, hold your head high. Rejoice in God. Your sins are forgiven. You are loved with an undying love. And if you've never trusted in him, today could be the day. Wouldn't that be something? For the first time in your life, you begin to trust Jesus and know the fullness of his love for you. I pray that you will. Would you pray with me? God, please help us this coming week. Each of us will encounter lots of different people. Some of them will annoy us. Some of them will anger us. Give us grace to look on everyone we see as precious to you, created in your image. Give us us grace to trust that Jesus came to die for people just like them, just like us. And give us joy 
And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.